There's a bug in there. This is the episode uh, zero and first ever episode of My Cool Friend starring myself, Carl Grashit, and my dear friend, bad boy himself, Steve. Steve, do you want to tell us a little bit about yourself for the viewers or listeners? I'm sorry. It's a podcast. (laughs) I used to think that when I first started listening to podcasts, I thought they were video. I thought there was like a video component. And maybe that's true, but I think I was... I think that was uh, a misunderstanding of what the same misunderstanding that you have uh, 10 years later. (laughs) A lot of people uh, do video podcasts too, but let let it be known that I have a lot of misunderstandings about many a thing. And that's partly why (laughs) we're doing this also. Um, So yeah, we, uh, we live in different places. I live in Philadelphia. Um, you live in Ferndale. I, right. um, on my end, I'm a graphic designer and musician and a dog owner. And I guess podcaster uh, starting um, a minute 36 ago. Add that to the resume and put some stamp on it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's cool that you mentioned dogs. I'm also a pet owner. But you, Steve, you didn't mention, you didn't like say your name. Do you not want that out there? You want to be, you want privacy? Yeah, please. We're going to have to cut out when you said my name. I'll, I can beep it, your last name, if you want. If you but would, yeah. I know, you, I know you're not on social media, except for Instagram. So, it's a, yeah. It's pronounced Steve. <laughs> what nationality is that, French? Alice. It is. I I knew it. That was a good guess. Um, yeah. And then f- for my end, I'm also a pet owner. I'm a proud owner of a chocolate lab, um, full-blown chocolate lab <laughs> uh, named Murph. She's also from Delaware, which, you know, I think a lot of people, including yourself are, including my spouse as well. A lot of proud people in Delaware. A lot of people from Delaware. And then also I have three delightful cats and two kids. I'm a person who makes videos and I'd love podcasts. I'm excited to get into that and kind of a musician sometimes, but I can't really play any instruments. I can just sing a little bit. So we kind of haven't decided whether we're going to only focus on records or whether there's going to be other things that we recommend, but at least for tonight, we're focusing on two records. And I was thinking about like, what, how do you signs or, um, kind of outward demonstrations of how you know that you're really stoked on a record. And about two years ago, I started regularly crying at work uh, when listening to music. And it's not like full on crying. I'll just tear up when something's really good. And this happens fairly regularly. It can be embarrassing. I don't know that anyone's noticed yet, but uh I also, despite being very self-conscious and embarrassed of movement at work, sort of showing that I'm really excited about music, I find that it's impossible to not headbang while I'm working and listening to something (laughs) I enjoy. So I do that. I've seen a guy, this is a guy that 
I uh, aspire to take on some attributes of there's a guy that worked at Whole Foods in Oakland who would, I saw it more than once. So I'm assuming this was a regular thing. He would be walking around on the floor, listening to headphones and air drumming like wildly. That's, that's the attribute that you want to pick up most from your experiences with him. I just found it inspiring if I could just do the thing with my body that feels uh, that I'd like to do, but I'm suppressing because it's sort of inappropriate. <laughs> uh, what sort of music is inspiring you to shed a couple tears at work? Is it a certain genre or is it just music that you feel connected with? Not really. It's all over the place. Um, it could be like fast and aggressive or sad. And there's no, I haven't found like a particular thread. It's just when things feel profound. Yeah, I get that. It's for me though, it's harder to listen for extended periods of time to Spotify or something at work, just because I feel like there's a lot of interruptions because I sit next to the Keurig machine. Mm. So there's always people coming by and sometimes I have an AirPod, so and my hair covers them, so they feel like they can talk to me. And I, I've kind of set myself up there, but also sometimes I'll just throw on like bows over your headphones that I, so that they really are aware that I'm I'm not ready to talk to them, or if they're just being loud, I'm ready to not talk to them even more. Like go away, get your Keurig K cup, throw it out, leave me be. That's but, like half of why listening to music is good at work because people tend to shy away from interrupting you or they're not going to hit you with small talk for sure. Yeah. I just, I feel like I get better listening done in the car to and from work because it feels like more of my own time to listen and not, and know for a fact that there's not going to be an interruption like there is next to the Keurig machine or with a meeting that just pops up on the calendar at work. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. It's uh, yeah. I find myself like, I'll get really into a thing and have to keep pausing it because I, I don't want to miss any. And then I'm like backing it up because I did mm -hmm. miss some. It's a frustrating place to listen to music, but I do it anyway. Yeah. And we know what happens when you get frustrated. You start getting angry and like flipping tables and stuff. And that's <laughs> when they know it's time to back away. That's when you air drum around the office aggressively. I I uh, I was trying to think if any music typically makes me tear up, but lately, like there's a show that was on HBO, The Leftovers, and the theme music is all done by this composer Max Richter, and most of the stuff that he makes, I, I get that way a little bit, but I guess it really has to move me in a certain way, like you mentioned, for tears to flow, but or maybe it's just at work, I don't feel like I can be that vulnerable. Yeah, I guess I'd prefer not to be that vulnerable at work, <laughs> but it's just happening spontaneously. Especially this past week, knowing that we're going to start podcasting. So uh, I've been really vulnerable about it and thinking about it a lot, but in a good way, I'm excited. Good. Um, I was wondering if, uh, I was thinking about the name of the podcast and I was wondering if it potentially, granted we're on episode one, potentially... <laughs> was could be a working title i had i think mostly because i was thinking about like what if i was flipping through um an app looking for podcasts would i stop on my cool friend i might if if it had a 
sick design. I probably would. Well, uh, I think that's where either you or Sarah, who is my wife and friend from Delaware that you've known, I think longer, uh, for the listener's sake, not the viewer. I think it's <laughs> important to provide context. But here's what I wanted to say about the name. I felt like it could be confusing for someone because they might see my cool friend and think we're talking about Jesus or something and like <laughs> take it the wrong way. <laughs> like who's who's the coolest friend? You know, my man JC. He's well, the coolest friend there was. I hadn't considered that. My one of the things I was thinking was like it's very so what you just said. Uh, doesn't align with what I'm about to say. But what I was thinking was it's very clear. It tells you what it is. It's like, this is a podcast and maybe, maybe I'm wrong, but it's kind of telling you this is a podcast where friends are recommending cool things to each other. Maybe. But then I was like, if back to the future was called time travel movie, would it be, would it have the same impact? Would you be like, I'm going to see a time travel movie for the fourth time in the theater? Starring Christopher Lloyd. <laughs> Maybe not. Yeah. Uh, I Well, for me, and I know there could be some debate on this, but for me, it, my cool friend, you're the cool friend because you're teaching me a lot about different musicians and records that I maybe wouldn't have encountered before. So, and that's that was my rationale. And I don't know what reasoning you would say like for me, but I, that's where I'm coming from. Well, that was uh, part of why I didn't want to make a podcast with that name. Cause I was like, wait a minute, <laughs> I'm not the cool friend here. Don't, don't put that on me. Well, it's problematic because it's like, you're not cool as soon as you think you are, or, or someone else is like, you're naming a thing based on how cool or not cool you are. That's why maybe it works because if we're assigning the coolness to the other person, no one ever really knows who the cool one is unless they listen to this and decide for themselves, or maybe they entices them to listen to find out. Maybe it's a, it's a conversation we continue to have, uh, over the week and then if we have a different name next week we unveil it the problem though steve is that i made a gmail account (laughs) last time i checked those are free i know but i also made (laughs) an anchor app account so if like we upload this as my cool friend like it'll start distributing it as my cool friend so then if we changed it i guess it's still early enough but I just have done so much work in the span of 10 minutes or so uh, getting it ready. So I don't know. All right. Well, maybe, maybe that means we continue the conversation, but we have to come to a decision by when you're going to upload it, which is what Friday tomorrow night. So, so that avail it's available for listeners on Friday morning. Okay. So we'll talk about it tomorrow. (laughs) There's a lot of time, 24 hours to Graceland. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I think that's agreeable, you know, but I agree. I think it's better than time travel movie or music podcast, which it's probably taken. (laughs) (laughs) Musicpodcast.com. Do you want to learn about SEO with your friends, Steve and Carl Musicpodcast.com. This seems like a good point to transition into talking about what we aim to do on this podcast each week. Do you want to give us a little description of that? Sure. So um, each week we'll be recommending a thing 
is it always going to be a record? I don't know. I think we can let that evolve too. It might be fun to make like, uh, recommend a film or a book or just an activity in your general area to check out or do or see. Yeah. So it'll just be something that each of us is excited about and wants to turn the other one on to. And we'll sort of see if, uh, what the other person's reaction is to it. Um, oftentimes I think it can be tough recommending a thing to somebody because using records as an example, you're sometimes it's very time sensitive. It's just the right time mm-hmm. to, to, you heard that record at the right time. You're going through something that makes it relatable and right. re- resonate in some way. So it'll probably be as, uh, it may not be very satisfying if the other person doesn't like the thing, but it right. should be uh, interesting either way. Yeah, for me, it's more like I'm getting a recommendation of something that I didn't know about before, potentially. So that's a th- even if I don't end up liking the record or whatever it is that you're recommending, it's worthwhile f- to have the experience because I I know more than I did or I've uh, been exposed to more than I had been before. So it's uh, impactful. Um, but So I think we talked about for at least the next couple of weeks doing a record recommendation and then setting a couple ground rules like listening twice, but the first time just listening without doing anything but listening. And then the second way through, we can jot down some notes or thoughts that we have on, on said record. Yeah, I think that works. The, the first time I listened to it, I was walking through West Philly and it was clear that like I had some thoughts about it, but it would be um, a good idea to actually sit down and do nothing. And I actually had to continuously remind myself that I was doing nothing else. Cause I'd like pick up whatever was in my phone or a sketchbook or like just kept, I kept my, I think my um, go I'm in um, multitask mode a lot of the time when I'm at yeah. home. Uh, and we're probably used to listening to music while we're doing other things, but that's probably yeah, not I think the it's best a chal- to form opinions yeah. and absorb. Yeah. And I, th- I th- think that it's definitely a challenge for most of us to just sit there and listen and not do anything else. So that is a learning opportunity in and of itself, just to try to do that. And it's hard because we're surrounded by so many distractions all of the time. So yeah. maybe it's a more intent, uh, purposeful listening experience if we try to do that, at least for the first listen. And then I was thinking it would be another cool thing to, if it's a record that we're reviewing or talking about, to try to pull out some of our fa- uh, standout tracks or favorite songs from the record and then we could add that to a spotify playlist for the three listeners of this podcast to check out later love it you mentioned that my mom was one of the three listeners that may or may not be true so probably Um, she i know she follows your spotify pretty closely she probably knows what you've been listening to this week so she's good she's up to speed that's a kind of a bummer though that's a real thing like my my dad's on facebook and i see that he listens to pretty regularly like Nickelback or Stained or something. And maybe I didn't really talk enough about uh, my, my background and, and being 
aware of different kinds of music. Maybe that's important before we move on. Uh, cause up until college, I really didn't get exposed to anything, but like music that was on the radio. So all the different genres of music one can listen to for the most part, but just things that were on the radio or that I knew because of people that I know are new then that listen to the radio. So I didn't really get exposed to things that weren't like hits and things like that until college. So I don't, your experience is a little bit different. That's perfect. Which is why I, this is, that means that it's wide open for what I can recommend to you. Yeah, I mean, hopefully. You've done, some, but, you've done some like work in the past 10 years, but for sure. But there's a lot I feel ignorant up to and about still. Great. Great. Um, we can start, we can get into the records themselves, but I, uh, was thinking about like what I'd be recommending. And in general, um, I think that regardless of what genre it is, it's going to be punk to some degree in some way. It's Mm -hmm. like, I'm, I don't really listen to much that doesn't feel, um, punk to me in, and that it doesn't, it can be pretty wide open. Like I'm talking, you know, Willie Nelson and, uh, Towns Van Zandt to, uh, Pig Destroyer and, you know, uh, Hot Snakes, like these very Mm -hmm. different, different genres, but they all feel punk to me. So we're not limited to that, but I did bring the Miriam Webster's definition of the word punk, um, to share. Teach me to be punk. I'm going to teach you in uh, three steps. Okay. <laughs> One is uh, okay. prostitute, which was, that was okay. new to me. I've never heard that before. Um, I Check. certainly don't identify as a prostitute. Um, I don't either. <laughs> number two is nonsense or foolishness. Um, I guess sometimes. I can identify with that. Three is a young, inexperienced person, a beginner, a novice, especially a young man. We're barely young men, but we may be, we are certainly beginners and, and novice uh, podcasters. Okay, so uh, a petty gangster, hoodlum or ruffian. That's more you than me. Uh, and then <laughs> a young man. Uh, I was writing with my left hand, so this is hard to read. I'm a righty. A young man, user as a homosexual partner, especially in a prison. And then finally, the last entry was uh, one who affects punk styles. And then that led to the definition of punk rock, which is rock music marked by extreme and often deliberately offensive expressions of alienation and social discontent. So that really, the the last few there, obviously, besides specifically being titled definition of punk rock music, uh, that can really be a broad brush to paint a lot of different artists, which back to your other point about being able to, to group a lot of different bands and artists into that uh, label. I think that that's pretty right on. And um and prostitutes. And also ruffians and prostitutes. So um, how about you go first? Yeah. So, well, why don't you, do you want to say? Yeah, what? I'll talk about what I recommended to you. Sure. Um, oh, I thought it could be interesting too if if we know, we might not always have this information, but we could say 
who recommended the record to us. Okay. Um, yeah, I'm fine with that. So I, I uh, had you listen to War on Women's Capture the Flag, which was recommended to me probably like three to four months ago by my friend Megan. Um, they're a feminist hardcore band from Baltimore. Um, they, it kind of feels like they use, um, or have parts from like every punk genre. There's like metal parts, punk parts, post-punk parts, hardcore parts, rock, Mm -hmm. rock, rock. Um, and that's, oh, uh, the other thing about that record that I actually didn't know, I've been listening to it for a few months, really like it, but I did not know that. Uh, Kathleen Hanna is on, I think it's the second to last track, um, from Bikini Kill, La Tigra, uh, Julie Ruin. Um, she does like a guest spot and she's kind of mixed in, I think just at the chorus, but mm-hmm. it was fun to find that out. Uh, cause I was listening to the record that you were supposed to listen to so that I could talk about it. Yeah. Uh, I've heard of La Tigra, not so, Bikini Kill. Maybe I've heard that mentioned, but I know Sarah, who has also exposed me to a lot of good music and could easily be a guest on this, who's also the producer of this podcast, but chooses not to speak in a producer <laughs> level role. Is she in the room right now? She's upstairs. Okay, good. But I can hear her walking around because the floors are pretty squeaky. Uh, but I think that track you're talking about was uh you don't tell me how to live but it's abbreviated it's like an acronym that's accurate i actually didn't i wasn't sure what that um stood for i guess that's a lyric in the song too yeah but it's confusing because to live would be tl so i actually got thrown off by that and i'm still kind of thrown off and it made me think that they did that deliberately to mess with people's minds because they're trying to like spell it out and say it out. Isn't the the uh, title of the song YDTMHTL? No, it's it's LT at the end, which oh. like really threw me off. Typo. Yeah, I don't know, but my I don't know. My first impressions were uh, just the basic straightforwardness of all of the lyrics and even the band name, like their basic. Uh, message is that there's a war happening on women. Like women are treated poorly by several different groups and individuals across the country and the world. And she is not shying away from any of the issues that women deal with. So I, I appreciated that fact. Um, and, and I think like the other thing that was immediately, um, interesting to me and I try, it was hard to follow along with some of the lyrics, but it's like just the various themes in all of the lyrics throughout the songs. Like I heard obviously issues of feminism, duh. Um, the first one lone wolves is kind of talking about gun violence. And I think especially like, um, idolizing a female in a school environment and then, you know, like having some sort of gun violence happen. And I could be completely misreading all of these, but to me, that's what that song was kind of addressing. There's also, messages and lyrics about activism i think the pressure to be pretty feeling empowered with the predator culture that we're all experiencing i think in some kind of talk about trump there in that same song uh like some anti-abortion stuff i think and i figured there's another phrase where it's like you you want to legislate it but you can't even name it 
So there's a lot happening on there on a lot of these different songs. Did you did you get into all the to try to dive into the meaning behind all the lyrics? Because I think you can only find the lyrics if you have the actual record. Yeah, some somewhat like that one to me stood out. Ch- uh, childbirth stood out as um, like a pretty clear message, and so I picked it up without uh, too much mm-hmm. trouble. I think some of the other ones um, I don't necessarily know what they're about, but. Uh, it's not, you've done a great job. Like you're, you're telling me about this record that I've been listening to for months. Yeah. Well, I appreciate that. Cause I, I think for me, like I've, I'm admittedly do not listen to nearly enough, uh, bands that are sharing messages about the female experience. And I think that's something I hope to, I definitely hope to change and, um, listen to more bands that do that. But just the fact that they're so upfront for the most part about what their songs and their band's message is about, I found that really refreshing and interesting and informative for myself. But sometimes with lyrics, like you can be completely sure of what you're reading and what a song's about, but you see an interview, like a video or read an interview from a band and like you realize you're completely off, but it feels pretty right. And then there's a one, uh, another song where the, the actual lyric is, um, we start out as the hopes of boys and end up the fears of men. The game is fucking rigged. And that to me, um, was about the pressure to be pretty and, mm. uh, be pretty for, for men. Um, which is pretty heavy to, to listen to, but it's like also exciting and interesting that, you know, they're saying this. And I think that's, back to your first point when you're talking about the definition of like a punk or just that whole attitude, like there's some definite shock value there, but in, in a way that, you know, people need to hear. So it's, it's good to hear it. Great. Yeah. There's some alienation and social discontent in that one. Um, yeah. And go ahead. Oh, sorry. There's going to be some awkward like breaks in where we, we might over- interrupt each other and then <laughs> there'll be like a, a second or two where, and then you'll be like, go ahead. And that was just one of them. And I'm gonna, and then I'll put my hand up in Zencaster. <laughs> Zencaster is what we're using to record this podcast uh, while we're both in different locations. Oh, the other thing for me, this record is just like the with the instrumentation, like the tone that they got with the guitar and the bass. I really, really, really liked a lot. And then it felt like they were just hitting the shit out of the drums Ooh, yeah. uh, in a way that I found very, very uh, enjoyable. That yeah. felt like the best, best way to describe that. And then also interesting. And I think you mentioned this to me at the beginning, the vocalist, I did some research as, uh, I think you, as well as I think you did Shauna Porter or I'm sorry, I misspoke Shauna Potter. She is also one of the founder founding members of the Baltimore chapter of Hollaback, which is basically an organization that tries to end street harassment and harassment in all forms, like online in, in real life. I think you mentioned that you found that out as well. Yeah. And I don't, um, that the name of the organization sounds familiar, but I'm, I don't know much about or anything about like how they do, mm-hmm. uh, that. So I'm, I'm interested. I want to look into that. Yeah. And they also say on their Facebook page that if you are somebody that is a part of a college campus, whether that's a student or someone that works there and you invite them to play, they will host a Q and a before I was, I'm assuming before they play. And they also 
will do a training on how to create a safe space on campus, which I think is pretty wow. unique Yeah, for, for a band to care that much about that. That's awesome. Kind of a thing. So overall, I don't know if we're giving, if we have a rating system yet, Steve, or what that would be, but maybe it's like, Oh yeah, we got to come up with that. Bugs. How many bugs in there out of five? <laughs> That's good. Yeah. How, how many? I'll give like four and a half bugs in there out of five. That's I think. Good. All right. Yeah, because I think mostly because it's something that I found really refreshing and maybe I shouldn't have. Maybe I, sh- I probably should have been listening to uh, records and messages that relate more to the female experience. And But I'm, I'm glad that you shared it. So thank you. My pleasure. Um, do you want to talk about the record that you had made me listen to? Yeah. So I had you listen to a record by the OCs, which I also recently got into probably within the last six months and really am enjoying. Um, it's, it's a pretty recent record called mutilator defeated at last. It's nine tracks. Um, and I think the thing I've come to learn about the OCs and through various forms of information is that they're pretty varied as far as the type of music and genre of music that they will put out music under, you know, that kind of a flag. But this one, I I think I came across the song Sticky Hulks from it on a Spotify, like daily listening mix. And really it just uh, found it to be really quiet and then loud and impactful in a way that really, uh, that's one where I wasn't at work. So I was still in my car, but I was definitely, I had to, slow down a little bit cause it was getting intense and I was really enjoying myself. So not in a weird way, but <laughs> like some head banging happening, but you know, all of a sudden I'm like, Oh damn, they went there with that. And I really liked it. So <laughs> curious to hear what you say. You've probably heard of the OCs and listened to them before, but I had, um, probably not a whole record before, but, uh, a, a couple tracks and, um, I think, uh, my reaction previously was that it, I just kind of uh, moved away from uh, garage rock and psych rock to some degree. There's mm-hmm. exceptions, but like as that genre on a whole, I kind of haven't been that interested in. Um, but it was, uh, we were talking about how many times to listen to the record. It, it was cool to listen twice. The first time, like off the bat, I wasn't feeling it kind of had like um, this like 60s, 70s vibe that mm-hmm. I started to realize pretty quickly that um, moments that I liked and disliked, I could use the same language to, yeah. which was strange to me, like a shag carpet uh, kept coming <laughs> to mind. And that was both a good thing and a bad thing, depending on which part was on. Yeah. Uh, but I think the thing there were like some some definitely some pros that I can talk about. I think overall the I struggle with the the vocals. Um, they reminded me of T Rex, who mm-hmm. I was into super briefly when I was a teenager, but it only lasted like six months, and then I started to really dislike T Rex. Um, let's see. There was uh, I think when. 
when it kicked in for me and I started to feel like, oh, wait, this is something here that uh, resonates is on the fifth track. Um, that's called, I think, Lupine Ossuary. What's an ossuary? I'd have to look that up, Steve. And I'm sitting yeah. at a computer and I still, I don't know that I will. <laughs> that's why we can leave that a mystery. Uh, it sounds, it's a cool sounding name. Yeah. Um, but there's like this really loose guitar lead that's pretty sloppy that, um, that I enjoyed in that one. Um, I did also respond to, you talked about the song Sticky Hulks as being the introduction to that record. Mm -hmm. Um, the structure of that song is, is cool. Like there's like heavy distorted parts, but they're used very sparingly. It's like Mm -hmm. a pre-chorus or a chorus. Um, and there is like a, a dynamic quality. Uh, you talked about quiet, loud, quiet, loud, which yeah. I think is uh, the name of uh, the documentary about the Pixies. Um, but I that mean, song, that song was like uh, felt like a road trip to me. Like I kept thinking about um, yeah the scenery, like passing by from a station wagon window. Um, so that was, and, and that song I think had uh, both track five and then whatever track Sticky Hawks is were, they resonated in a way that I didn't expect because I kind of off the bat was like, ah, I'm not really feeling this. Um, That's interesting to me because it, do you think because you've, you were like, oh, you listened to enough garage rock or psych rock several years ago where it's just not, you know, that that's not your cup of tea music wise now. I think in part. Yeah. Um, like my brother has kind of gotten deeper into the psych, uh, and garage sounds and I've gotten kind of further into punk and metal. Um, brothers. Yeah. Brothers. And that being said, like records will pop up that, kind of fit into the garage or psych category that'll really just stick out to me. So yeah, it's possible, but like, it's not a genre I spend a lot of time in these days. Um, that being said, the second to last track was unexpected and kind of more my speed. It's like fast guitar driven, uh, fairly straightforward. The vocals are a little bit less, um, they feel a little bit less like uh, Lord of the Rings and more, <laughs> more just like punk punk rock, like kind of, I don't know if MC5, MC5 has been on my mind because I, I watched a tutorial where someone drew uh, Rob Tyner from the MC, MC5 today. But um, just that I think they came to mind because they were uh, around making music sort of in the time frame that the OCs are emulating. Yeah. Um, so that track, the second to last track was really surprising and Rogue, um, Rogue planet. Into, Rogue, uh, is it plant or planet? I think rogue planet. And I oh, agree okay. that one, that one's my, probably my second or third favorite on that record. It just, uh, I don't know if it's the tempo or just like the simplicity of that little hook, but it's, uh, yeah, definitely one of my favorites. And I think it's funny that you mentioned Lord of the Rings ish vocals. And I think that's 
a fair assessment for most of the record. <laughs> Nasty Hobbiton. <laughs> it's just, uh, it's like, um, who let the Ren Fair guys in? <laughs> yeah, the the organ, I think. Yeah, on, but it, on sticky it's hooks. A, it's a thing, you know. People are into it, and I don't. I'm not opposed to it, but it does stick out as something that is a little outside of my comfort zone. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, could be your autobiography, outside of my comfort outside zone. Outside of my I'm comfort zone, Steve, the Frenchman. So. Having said all that, what would you, how many bugs in there out of five? How many bugs in there? I'm going to go, because because there were some some surprises on there that, and and I if I was making a mix today, I might put Road Planet on it. So that's going to bump it to, I'm going to say a three. Three bugs in there? Yeah. Yeah, I think that's fair. I think that... John Dwyer, the Rensen or the Renaissance Fair vocalist of the OCs would appreciate that. What's Rensen? Rensen is the Renaissance Center in Detroit. The, I meant uh, to say Ren, oh, Ren yeah. Fair. Gotcha. Yeah. A little bit of a fuck up. A in, little bit uh, of a Detroit tick. Detroit-ish tick. So... We're a little, our plan was to do like 22 minutes, but I think it's okay since this is the first one and we're just kind of figuring it out, but we could probably edit it out like 39 minutes of that. Yeah. Let's just have it be a beep, like one big beep that lasts for 39 minutes. Like <laughs> what the, my last name. yeah, I did want to beep out your last name. I don't Please think people do. are, I don't, I'm not prepared to go public with this. Sure. I think I'll edit your last name out. Cause I, I don't think you're ready for that kind of exposure. I think, you, you know, you're a private guy, a private citizen. And if I wanted your mom to know my last name, I would have told her. So did you know, uh, <laughs> pumpkin mean prostitute? Oh, I always, always assumed you're a ruffian, but now I know the truth about the relationships in my parents' lives. And now I think I will bleep your, na- your last name out. I think I will. Thanks. You're welcome. So, oh, how'd you hear about that record? Oh, that one. It was just on uh, mix or something daily mix. Yeah, and that's like even less cool to say. Right. Like, I yeah, know. it was a. Uh, it was on my uh, daily mix number one on Spotify. It came on, and I was really found it like a headbanging opportunity in the car in my Pontiac vibe. Why don't you uh, just make something up right now? We will cut that last part out. <laughs> No, I think that's important. Uh, so, yeah, if I were to make it up, I would say like, oh, yes, I heard about the OCs. Um, when I was walking down the street in downtown Detroit, there was this visibly <laughs> drunk man walking towards me. And after he vomited to my right over into a trash can, he picked up like an empty Snickers bar wrapper that looked like it had some like corn or Coney dog sauce in it. But inside he said, listen to the OCs record, Mutilator defeated at last. And that's how I heard about the record. And it was a very, very eye-opening experience. And it taught me that you have to embrace this strange and unexpected in this world. Oh, war on women. Uh, I was buying some fresh denims at, uh, the coffee shop on Walnut and, uh, Mm. the singer was behind me in line. Um, she was, uh, running a workshop back there. And, uh, 
Wow, that's cool. Yeah. We really have a lot of ex- exciting experiences to share in a podcast that I don't think people have, have heard or you know been exposed to before. I keep saying that. For the viewers. Um, For the viewers. So what <laughs> record am I listening to uh, this week? Yeah, I think for for now we'll just keep doing records because that's fun and it feels familiar since you know we've done it once. Uh, this record is called "Dude, Comma The Obscure" by the an artist called T. Dot like it's his first initial Hardy. H A R. Find this. This is too. No, you can. T Hardy Morris is the artist. Like T dot you know like a first initial hardy h-r-d-y morris and i'll send it you know what I, i'll send it to you because i do know your last name <laughs> and I can... keeping it weird um do you want some more background a, info picking a record uh no okay because well, i'll i'll look into it like uh it's i'm inspired by um uh, how much you learned about war on women yeah, I mean, I I've the I have a lot of anxiety and hesitation to like speak that much on a record because I do feel very uneducated in in the depth of music and issues raised by music and perspectives shared via music. So it's hard to to do that and feel like you can be confident in saying or describing or reviewing anything. So I appreciate you saying that. Steve. So. Uh... I think I'm going to have you listen to uh, Capone self-titled. Huh. Okay. <laughs> of the, huh. I think I've heard of Capone, but, huh. and I'm not just saying that because of the syphilis gangster. Nope. Different, different band. Different band. I don't know if syphilis gangster is, but yeah, I might check them out. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. I'll um, listen to that. Okay, cool. So we're done here. Yeah. So how was you, how was your experience with this so far? Great. Pretty great. Pretty and great. We've agreed that my cool friend is the name. Uh, no, we have not. <laughs> oh, okay. Okay. Uh, well, I don't know how to end it. Cause I, I have the producer is going to say a few things at the end of the episode, but do you have a call a call a call out or no uh sign off signing off that's what you want i don't that's what you want to do i don't know what people do uh some people well i don't know a lot of people will sometimes there's outro music which i think that'll come after sarah does the producer's credits um I don't know, just give an emotional thank you and goodbye. And then we'll, well, that's, that'll be one thing we'll figure out over time. Steve, are you there? So Steve hung up. Um, it's not cause he wasn't interested in the podcast. He was just so excited about what we had done and he couldn't wait to get out and to tell his neighbors and his neighborhood about it. He walked his dog and they had a great time. So, um, another thing to mention is that shortly after we recorded yesterday, we decided to in fact change the name of the podcast to mailbox baseball, partly inspired by the cover of the Capone self-titled album that I'm supposed to listen to this week. And partly because Steve said it really embodies 
the whole punk mentality and feeling that you get when you're about to smash a mailbox with a baseball bat. So I thought that since I had made a lot of other decisions without Steve that we should go ahead and do it and we'll let him have this one. So mailbox baseball it is. And then lastly, I just want to read our end credits. Um, The first thing I'd like to mention is that our podcast is distributed through an app called Anchor, which you can download from the iOS store or the Google Play store. And what's cool about it is that you can follow our podcast, Mailbox Baseball, spelled normal there. And if you want one of the three listeners, you can ask us a question using the app and then we can play it live on the podcast or whenever we record it and then answer your question. So hopefully our goal is that later on people will want to ask us questions. So let me mention that the intro and outro music for our podcast was provided by the Hokkaido Concern. Our producer is Sarah Taylor Cummings. You can follow us on social media. Um, I'm on most places as Carl Grashit, most if not all. You can only follow Steve on Instagram at hair Fort, H-A-I-R-F-O-R-T. He said he wants a bunch of people to follow him immediately. He's like that. Um, and if you want, like, hit us up on social media. And we would really appreciate it if you'd go to Apple Podcasts or the other, other podcast places you get podcasts from and leave a review, preferably four or five stars. But you know what? Whatever you feel, we appreciate it. Um, thank you so much. You can also use the hashtag MailboxBaseball on Twitter or Instagram. You might get some weird pictures on there. I don't know know but we will if you ask a question there we'll try to answer too but we, we figure that's probably more down the line um you know three people we can't really convince more than one or two to go and do something so thanks again we appreciate it we'll talk to you next week bye bye